Father, we want to bless your name and give you praise. We give you honor and adoration for such a glorious moment in your presence. We ask that tonight you take over this meeting. Bless our lives tremendously. Invade our lives. Infiltrate it with your counsel. Flood our hearts with the revelation knowledge of your son Jesus. And let us know you more today. We ask for a new energy to be able to pray and call upon you. That we all with an unveiled face as we behold us in the mirror, the glory of God are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even us by the same spirit. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, please be seated. It's a joy and an honor to be in our revival night service tonight. And I believe that tonight the Holy Spirit is going to bless you so much. Hallelujah. I said I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to bless you so much. Amen. All right, so, um, amen. All right, so um, today I want to try my best to then talk for 30 minutes, then we're going to pray for an hour, like I said last week, which didn't work, but today it may work. So just be interceding for me as uh, I'm teaching. Hallelujah. We're going to pray very intensely, very, very intensely. Now, last week, I continued what I titled 10 Precious Remedies Against Satan's Devices. 10 Precious Remedies Against Satan's Devices. Now, in this last period, we need to understand spiritual warfare more than any other time. If there is a time to understand spiritual warfare, that time is now. I was doing a Bible study and then I came across a verse in Exodus chapter 13, the verse 17 and 18. Please note this verse very carefully and you, you will notice something. The Bible says, and it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines although that was near for God said this is God himself that said that lest per adventure the people repent when they see what war and they return to Egypt now keep that to me in NLT and let me make you understand something very important he says so God let them when Pharaoh finally let the people go God did not lead them along the main road that runs through Philistine territory even though that was the shortest route to the promised land <laughs> then he says God said if the people are faced with battle they might change their minds and return to Egypt now observe the next verse the verse 18 the bible says so god led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness toward the red sea now observe this 
Thus, the Israelites left Egypt like what? An army ready for battle. This is interesting. Now, the first thing I want us to note here is that God said, if I allow Israel to use the shortest route to the promised land, when battle or war comes, because it's a short route, they can easily run back for refuge in Egypt. So God says, no, we are going to take a runabout or a U-turn and we are going to use the way of the wilderness to the promised land. Then he goes on to say that thus the Israelites left Egypt. Like what? Oh, you're not here with me. Left Egypt like what? An army, what? Ready for battle. This is very interesting. You'll be blessed. Pay attention. God himself said, lest when they see war, they return. Which means that God knew that there will be war in their journey. Second thing to note, please observe this. Second thing to note. Are you here with me? Second thing to note here is that Israel left Egypt as slaves but journeyed into the promised land as soldiers. This is interesting. I repeat myself again. Israel left Egypt as slaves and they journeyed into the promised land as warriors or soldiers. Very interesting. In Egypt, they were slaves. Immediately after their freedom, God actually made them prepare for battle. Now remember, whatever we see in the Old Testament is a type and a shadow. So, Israel in captivity is a type of humanity in captivity of sin. So, Pharaoh is a type of Satan. Egypt is a type of the world. And the bondage is a type of sin. Are you following this? So, when Israel were in Egypt, they were slaves. The moment they were set free, they became an army. This is to tell us that the Christian in salvation is free by virtue of the finished work of Jesus Christ. Are you getting this? But in his journey as a Christian, in his walk, he's what? A soldier. And the reason why you need to understand this is that if you don't have the mentality of a soldier, you will never experience a prosperous walk with God. In your Christian life. The reason why many are battling with their spirituality is because they have not understood war. Hear me. The moment you got born again, a war broke out. War began when you got born again. Thank you, Jesus. I may not know how to overemphasize this, 
but this is so clear God said to them that if we use the word of the wilderness when they see war so that means God knew God was expecting God knows that there will be war so he says when they see war which means that it was war was going to happen and they saw several wars but the good news was that in all those wars when they trusted in God they failed none they lost none can you imagine if one of the first wars they encountered was in Exodus chapter 17 when they fought with uh, Amalek in Rephidim Moses climbed the mountain top lifted up his hands as a posture of intercession as long as Moses' hands was up Israel was winning when his hands grew weary and brought his hands down what happened? Israel was losing so his hands were up until Israel completely discomfited Amalek telling us that in this warfare eh, our hands must stay up telling us that our victory is only through the spirit so hear me your understanding of spiritual warfare will give you an edge over the enemy unfortunately Satan does not appear as a red dragon with horns Satan is an invisible fighter he fights through means and ways that you can never imagine have you wondered that a bad thought comes to mind and the thought is as though you are the one thinking it and you want to do something out of that thought that you are having would you ever suspect Satan please will you ever suspect satan no something happens between you and a relative and then you burst out and then all of a sudden you wanted to revenge or you wanted to do something will you ever see satan behind it no but the bible confirms that we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities so listen to me it is very vital to understand that life is spiritual every single time i need to make you understand this fact life is spiritual and the christian life is not a fanfare it's a warfare it's not a playground it's a battlefield so you were born again to war again Satan has no mercy for you. He has no love for you. He wants to make sure he sees you crushed. He wants to see you in addiction. Listen, this thing These things we are talking about are a fight. You wake up in the morning, everything in you does not want to pray. That thing that will make you overcome that spirit of prayerlessness is a war. Please, are you following this? Everything in you want to do evil. There is a certain kind of last lacking with lacking within you. How you deal with that thing when lacking within your members is a war. Please, are you following this thing? So the thing is a war. The thoughts flooding through your mind is a war the decisions you take daily is a war 
How you relate to people is a war. How you relate to your family, your husband, your wife, your siblings is what? A war. So many people have not understood this. Christians don't know that is a war. Teaching good here. Now, so we began to look at the 10 remedies. Because listen to me. Satan will do everything possible to make sure that you will not serve God faithfully. So if you truly want to serve God faithfully, you have to fight. Please listen to me carefully. It takes a fight to serve God. Yesterday I was in the prayer room having some fellowship with the Lord and then Mr. Kadan was there and he was telling me that in the midst of all the weakness and the hell challenge you have, I see that you are still forcing yourself to pray. And I said, see, I know Satan is looking for me. He's looking for me. So the doctors may say, do rest more. Don't talk. Just, but I know what I've done to his kingdom. And I know what he wants to do to me. So that intelligence, in as much as I'm resting, my one ear is hearing the cry of a battle. Please, are you following what I'm saying? So please, don't lose God. We are in a fight and Satan wants to conquer your life. And unfortunately, the first place Satan has conquered before he conquers you is your prayer life. Your connection with God. Do you know that one of the most important elements of a soldier is his walkie-talkie. Are you aware? It's not even first his gun. It's his walkie-talkie. Because it is through the walkie-talkie that he's able to get information from headquarters and from other soldiers. You're able to know what the enemy is planning, where you're supposed to move, how you're supposed to move. They, they can tell you, hey, try one. Is it try one to the busy? Is there any soldier here? How do uh, the police people, those who know police system, how do they use the how do they communicate? Over. Okay, that's that's fine. Over. Then they'll tell you that oh, there's something, something, something here going on here. So you have to move to this place. Now, the moment you break connection with that walkie-talkie, you're on your own. Please, are you getting this thing? So listen, your problems begins. Your problem begins when you break connection with God. Please, hear me carefully. Your battles and your problems as a Christian begins when you break your connection with God. And that's what Satan is looking for. Satan wants you to cut ties with God. Your connection with God is the source of your strength. Your connection with God is the anchor of your establishment. That is why in this church we will never cease to emphasize the fact that your connection with God is the most important part of your spirituality. 
So, we said the first remedy against Satan's devices is to walk by the rule of scripture. You walk by the canon of scripture, which means the word of God becomes your boundary. Listen to me. The word of God becomes your rule, your measurement. You measure life by scripture. Any decision you have to take, find out what is God's word saying. Not what the pressure system is saying. Many people have entered into trouble because they walked outside of scripture. Let's assume this carpet here is the boundary of scripture. This is where the word of God lies. Hear me. The enemy will have an advantage over you anytime you are outside the carpet. Because the rule of is the sphere of your advantage. Hallelujah. The rule of scripture is the sphere of your advantage. Anytime you are walking by the word of God, you are walking in the spirit. So the word of God must control your emotions. Please listen to me carefully. Don't be distracted. The word of God must rule your emotions. The word of God must rule your mindset. I saw a verse in the book of Colossians chapter 3, the verse 1 to 3. Give that to me in NLT version. Colossians 3, 1 to 3. When you go home, read them. The Bible says, since you have been raised to a new life with Christ, set your what? Your sight on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Next verse. He says that what? Can we read together? One to go loudly. Wow. Give that to me in Amplified Version. Look, amplified version. He says, and set your minds and keep them set on what is what? Above the higher things, not on the things that are on the earth. So hear me. The word of God must be the rule within which you operate. If you operate in the canon, in the rule and measurement of scripture, Satan can't do much in your life. Are you following this? We said number two, which we talked about last week. Don't vex or grieve the Holy Spirit. The second remedy against Satan's devices is don't grieve the Holy Ghost. Last week we spoke about nine things that can grieve the Holy Ghost. It can make the Holy Ghost sad. And when the Holy Ghost is saddened, his ministry in your life will be ineffective. Are you following me? We said number one is corrupt communication. The kind of words that proceed from your mouth can grieve the Holy Ghost. Number two is bitterness. If you get bitter with people, you grieve the Holy Ghost. Because the spirit of God is the spirit of truth, the spirit of love. He doesn't want to be grieved when you get bitter. Number three is wrath. Number four is anger. If you are extremely angry, and you can't control your temper, you grieve the spirit inside you. Number five is clamor. I, talk, I spoke to you about clamor. We say clamor is what? Outcry. Everything you are crying. Everything you are crying. People advise you, you are crying. People rebuke you, you are crying. 
Life is not going well. You are crying. Life is going well. You are still crying. It's, it's not a good thing. You may think when you do that, you win the emotions of people. Actually, you are getting weaker spiritually. That's what the scripture is saying now. In Ephesians chapter 4, from the verse 30 to 32. Clamor, outcry. Don't be a Christian that cries by heart. If you are crying, cry for God. Please, are you following this thing? So, listen, learn to allow the scriptures to toughen your emotions. It's not everything we cry. Oh. Are you following me? In this life, people will hurt you badly. People will stab you in the back. People will betray you. For that one, it will happen in life. But check your emotions. Don't be a crier. And the next one is evil speaking, slander, to say evil things about people. To say evil things about people. We call that evil speaking, slander, slanderous words. You use that to defame people. I remember when I was on campus, some people just hated me because someone told them that even the way I walk, I'm a proud guy. David said that they studied that I've been working with only fair ladies, so I love women. Hey, the whole chapel, you know. When I heard these things, I was like, how can people say this? You don't even know me. You've not spoken to me before. So why do you treat me like this? Please, are you following what I'm saying? Now, if you are here, if you know what someone is saying about you, Anka, what's sorry if you are sorry that I need that? If you, <laughs> you think you are free, somebody, uh, somebody is spoiling you. Hmm, you don't know. One, one, one of the ministers says, Papa, sometimes when I look at you, I feel that there is no fault to you. I say, Me, if you know what people are saying about me, you say there's no fault. No matter how good you are, you'll still be bad in someone's eyes. Please, are you getting what I'm saying? So do your best and leave the rest. Yeah. Today, uh, 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 one man who went on campus, you know, when I wrote Bible quotations and prophecies in my examination sheet, one of the men that uh, was the one who was close to my sister, he saw a prayer video, the one we were praying, and then he sent it that, isn't that your brother? He said, yes. This is not this is not Christians praying. These are zombies praying. Zombies praying. I want this time. I want to talk to him and advise him. And I said, he should call and pick up. Because that statement alone, you have dishonored God. You don't know what we're praying about, why we're praying, and the most painful thing is that you are not a prayer answering God. You see, the question I always ask people is that give me a single verse of scripture that tells us a particular way we are supposed to pray. Because in the Bible, there are different ways and different modes people express prayer. Some wept. Apostles prayed until the whole ground began to shake. What kind of prayer do you think they were praying? 
There was a time Jesus prayed until his sweat became like drops of blood. Do you think Jesus was pocketing in that prayer? And I said, that prayer we're praying, we were dealing with family backgrounds. We don't deal with family backgrounds pocketing. Oh Lord, you know my family. You understand my family? My family is not good. Hey! We are dealing with merciless, wicked, demonic spirits who have no mercy for any Christian. So we cannot be praying gentle prayers. And moreover, we are energetic. There's nobody who is 40 years here. And then we come here, we have, we have pocketed. Skelo, skelo, skelo. Skelo, skelo, skelo. I will suck you from here. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, so I even I saw to him that you think when we rise up every Sunday, that's how we pray. When see, people normally talk about things they don't understand. I said, I don't have time. I don't have time to even answer him. For you to call us zombies praying. I told him this is the same zombie praying that brought us a land worth 500,000 Ghana cities. The same zombie praying has made us finish foundation. The same zombie praying has given us provisions we never imagined. Look at the capacity of this church and how we are able to do a project that is for a, a church with 1,000 people. A church with billionaires. This is the same prayer. And when you go and check, those people don't pray. Someone say, Papa, you bore a bore. People don't know your history. They don't know what is going on in your life, and they just just pass any kind of comment. Hey, <laughs> let's move on. Number seven, we said malice. That is wickedness, evil behavior. Number eight, forgetting God grieves the Holy Ghost. Four days, five days, ten days. You have not done your devotion. You have not listened to any message, anything to help you think about God. You have forgotten about God. You are chasing money. Everything is about money. You have forgotten about God. You don't check up on God. Do you know that in life, when you are there, people don't check up on you. Sometimes it's painful. Anytime you are doing your devotion, you are checking up on God. God, how far? How are you? I'm checking up on you. You fine? That's what we do when we do our devotion. Imagine 10 days, 15 days, you have not checked up on God. It grieves the Holy Ghost that you are, you, you are just moving in life and it's, you are not concerned about Him. And we said, I'm a nice idolatry. Anything you place above God in your heart. It can be your phone. There are people who can stay on their phone for 10 hours. They, every day on WhatsApp. Every day Facebook. Every day Reels. Every day Instagram. Every day TikTok. You'll be there for 10 hours. 18 hours. So listen to me. It's not even about phone. TV can become an idol in your life. Amen? So today's message, let me talk about this for 10 minutes and then we pray. Now, number four, or is it number three? Alright, the third remedy against Satan's devices. Please, are you getting blessed? Are you learning something here? The third remedy against Satan's devices is pursue heavenly wisdom. 
this, this session will really bless you. Pursue heavenly wisdom. It's a remedy, remedy against Satan's device. Pursue heavenly wisdom. Heavenly wisdom. Now, first of all, we need to understand heavenly wisdom. Now, the word wisdom in the Greek is what we call Sophia. I know Sophia is someone's name. S-O-P-H-I-A. Sophia. That's the word wisdom in the Greek. Now, interestingly, it, it simply means supreme intelligence. That's the word wisdom. An intelligence that is supreme. Please, are you following that? Now, the word Sophia also means skill and discretion in imparting Christian truth. Skill and discretion in imparting Christian truth. Skill and discretion in imparting Christian truth. How you um, impart or practice Christian truth, the skill with which you use to practice your Christian life is what we call Sophia. It also means divine skill in management of affairs. Divine skill in management of affairs. Now, in the book of James, chapter 3, from the verse 17. James, chapter 3, the verse 17. Thank you, Holy Spirit, Lord. So faithful. I love you, Lord. James 3, the verse what? Alright, let's read from the verse uh, 14. It's going to help you from the verse 14. Please pay attention to this. It's going to bless you. Now look, the Bible says, but if you have what? If you have what? Oh, uh, you're not here. This class is so weak. If you have? Bitter envying and strive in your heart. What? Glory not. And lie not against the truth. Can you imagine? Anytime you are bitter and you envy people, he's saying you are lying against the truth. So, listen, the, the mere fact that you are bitter and envious of people is that you are living a lie. Please, never envy anybody in this life. Because envy is a sign that you are not grateful to what God has done in your life. Envy is a sign that you don't trust what God has made you. Envy is a sign that you don't want to wait for the process to go through for God to bring you to the place he expects to bring you. Envy is a bad spirit. I'm telling you. Never envy anybody. Never envy anybody's car. Never envy anybody's money. Never envy anybody's promotion. Never envy anybody's house. I know what I'm saying. Envy has destroyed too many human beings. Envy. Be content. Be content with your single room and trust God. Be content with your yam and trust God. Be content with your one shoe and trust God. I know what I'm saying. I have never rushed for anything in life. In God's own timing, he brings it to me. That is why I will never cheat anybody. There is nobody who can say I took his money. There is nobody who can say that I proposed to her late night at 1 a.m. 
There is nobody who can who has anything against me in this church. I don't envy anything about anybody. When you are blessed, I thank God for your life. I have learned to be content with what I have. If you have your garisho kids, eat it and thank God. Please, are you following me? I'm teaching you remedies against Satan's devices because this is something Satan can take advantage of in your life. You are having iPhone 14. Someone had iPhone 15 and the next day you were envious. 14 and 15, what's the difference? One. <laughs> Plus one. You see, Satan is foolish, yo. You have 14. The person just bought iPhone 15. Now for you, it's like you don't like your phone again. 40. And you see, sometimes when I think about it, I heard iPhone 15 has come just about three days ago. And you'll be shocked how people will be hungry to, they'll be just hungry to buy it. Meanwhile, they're having 14. And when you go and check, the function, I don't know the difference. So when you check the camera, it's two. The, other, the same camera too is two. Uh-huh. Like sometimes I've been wondering, oh, I mean, so what is unique about it? They say the feature. What feature? They say the features are unique. What's un- what is unique about the feature? They say the camera quality. Bro, how many times do you take camera in a day? You see, so sometimes we allow some things to worry us. You see, iPhone 8 and iPhone 14. Master, if you have not owned so iPhone 14, use the 8 like that there. Me, my own, they stole my iPhone 8 at church together with my wife's phone. Someone says, Why are you talking about it? Because I am here. I've been speaking about it for two years. I am here. Because how do you steal someone's phone in the church? A pastor's phone in church. Wherever he is, may his soul rest in peace. How do you steal phone in church? Who's throwing at me? At that time, I finished 40 days old. That guy's in trouble. Father, have mercy upon him. Every year, I'll do memorial service. <laughs> and then, someone gave money and I bought, is it, they said they call it XR. <laughs> this one, if they didn't steal the 8, I was, I was using the 8 like that. Too. So maybe God just made them steal it so that I can change it. I used it for about 3 years. This one, if iPhone 25 comes, I'll still be using this until someone buys me a phone. I'm telling you. If you have a spirit of contentment, it changes a lot of things about your life. You can wear one shoe in grand style. I'm telling you, every time, I won't stop saying it. If you wear one dress over and over and over to church, it's a sign it belongs to you. Very deep statement I'm making. Oh, it's a sign. What? It belongs to you. So repeating one dress. If you're able to wear one dress every Sunday, the same dress for the next three weeks, I, four weeks, I trust it's yours. Yes. I'm told, Kadan, all your outfits are yours. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you, you are so worried. 
I don't have dress. I don't have this. I don't. See? It's a, all these things is a mentality. It's a mentality. Like your mind must be conditioned that I'm okay. Sometimes your mind tells you you're not okay. Meanwhile, you're okay. I'm telling you. Your mind will tell you everything is bad. Your mind will tell you you're not making progress. Your mind will tell you you're at one place. Everything will tell you, you, you see, right now, you, it's better you are there though. Your mind will tell you that. See, you are fine. Tell somebody you are fine. You are fine, I'm telling you. No matter your state, you are better than somebody. <laughs> you, you don't know. There was a man. There was a, a, a man that was about to commit suicide. And he removed all his clothes. And he put the clothes down. And he put the rope on the neck. And then some man was go, walking with that shirt. And he was going. And then he didn't see him upstairs. Then he saw the shirt. And he took the shirt. He said, oh, Father, thank you for a shirt. And the guy at that time was about to leave himself. And he saw the guy. Hey, family shirt, bring me. <laughs> He was about to commit you he has not died or somebody is inheriting his shirt he said for michelle bear me that's how he didn't kill himself again no matter tell somebody no matter your state you are better than somebody see one thing that doesn't bother me eh, is like okay i don't have dress i don't have shoe this shoe if you like when we close come and see it every friday i wear it it has never worried me. Because the shoe doesn't reduce the anointing. <laughs> you don't understand this thing. It never reduces me in any way. Our society is shaping us in a certain way that if you are not fitting in a way society has created, that means you are not part of society. But hear me, if you are in Christ, that's the most important thing. I said you are fine, no. I said what? You are fine. You are fine. Don't let anybody deceive you. You are fine. These celebrities you have been seeing, every day they take new dress, then they take selfie. I was shocked. My wife is a fashion designer, so I know some secrets. Most of them, they are advertising clothes for designers and for uh, boutiques. When they finish, they return it. They retain the dresses you have been seeing on social media. They say, hey, I'm in town. I'm in this. They retain it. I'm telling you. They retain most of the dresses. I said, pursue what? Heavenly wisdom. Now look. So now, he said that. But if you have bitter envying and striving in your heart, glory not and lie not against the truth. Now look at the verse 15. He says, this wisdom descended not from above. That means there is a wisdom that hasn't come from heaven. And he says that it is what? But what? Earthly, number one. Number two, sensual. Number three, devilish. Hear me. There are four kinds of wisdom every child of God must understand. The first kind of wisdom is earthly wisdom. It is wisdom that comes from this earth. There are people who get their wisdom from social media. It's earthly. We call it worldly wisdom. The second wisdom is what we call sensual wisdom. Wisdom that proceeds from emotions. How you feel. You take decisions. Your wisdom is based on emotion. I feel for sex. So I have to go and sleep with a prostitute. That wisdom came from your sensuality. Your lust. It gave you a foolish wisdom. 
So the first wisdom is what? Wordly. The second wisdom is what? Sensual. It is in your emotions. And the third wisdom is what? What? Demonic. So there is demonic intelligence. Demonic wisdom. There's wisdom that proceeds from hell directly. Now look at the next verse. The verse 17. No, the verse 16. The verse 16 is going to shock you. He says that this, he says that for where what? Envying and strife is. in Look, he says what? There is confusion and what? Every evil work. That means if you are a Christian that operates in these three kinds of wisdom, you will see evil manifesting your life more. Then the next verse tells us the fourth kind of wisdom. He says, but the wisdom, the verse 17, let's read together. One, two, go. But the wisdom that is from, from, from. So there is the fourth kind of wisdom, which is neither earthly, nor sensual, nor devilish, but from above. We call that heavenly wisdom. That is the wisdom the Bible says we should what? Pursue. So now, I just taught you, before you leave here, don't forget that there are how many kinds of wisdom? What's number one? Earthly, number two? Number three? And number four? Heavenly. Now, interestingly, heavenly wisdom comes from three sources. That's what I shared before I close. Remember we said, pursue what? Heavenly wisdom. Heavenly wisdom has three sources. Are you ready? Number one, the first source of heavenly wisdom is the scriptures. The word of God is heavenly wisdom. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. The Bible says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. So the word of God is heavenly wisdom. So listen to me. If you want to have supreme intelligence, you will find it by tapping into the word of God. The Bible says, giving thanks always. Now, now, for all things. The Bible also says in the book of uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, the verse 18. He says, in everything what? Is it 18? Yes. In everything what? Give thanks to God. For this is the will of God. Can you imagine thanksgiving is God's will? Because it's God's will, it is God's wisdom. So listen, if you're a child of God, who knows how to give thanks, whether in good and bad, you are operating with what? is interesting. In the book of Philippians chapter 4 the verse 8 look he says finally my brethren whatsoever things are what? true. Whatsoever things are honest. Whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue and if any praise what? think on these things the word of God gives us heavenly wisdom on things we are supposed to think on so listen if your thoughts or the thoughts flowing through your mind is not true is not honest is not just is not pure is not lovely is not of good report 
if it's not of virtue or anything that God can praise you about, he says, don't think on it. This is heavenly wisdom. The word of God gives you heavenly wisdom on how you should live your marriage and relationship. The word of God gives us heavenly wisdom on how you should manage your finances. You will never give God anything. You see, what is happening to you is that because you lack heavenly wisdom, you will suffer. Because there are structures God has put in place. Hear me carefully. I tell people every time. When you have money, you pay who first? God. You pay who first? You. You pay who, you pay who second? You. You pay who third? Others. It's a spiritual principle and law. The moment you take God out, you take him out of your finances. These are secrets you've operated with. I've been on full time. I've never worked for seven years. I have never been hungry. Because I found the wisdom. I, I, I found the wisdom. I'm telling you. I, don't, I can't calculate how God takes care of me. Because I am operating. Listen. Any divine wisdom you lack, you suffer in that area. So there is wisdom in new covenant understanding concerning finances. If you don't operate with it, you, you'll be praying in tongues and suffer. I know what I'm saying. So if God is not benefiting from your finances, what you are saying is that God is not part of my finances. I don't share my finances with God. You know what God does? He stays away from your finances. He will help you in every other way except your finances. Because you are saying you can manage your finances. And people don't know that anytime you give things like your fight, your appreciation, your offering, what happens is that you are connecting your source to the main source. Number two, you are honoring God. Number three, you are expressing your faith. Because one of the areas God tests that you believe in Him is when something is released from you to Him or to others. Yes. If God wants to test your faith, He tests in your giving. If God wants to test your love, He tests in your giving. For God so loved the world that He gave. So hear me, if you are a Christian and you are not a giver, you can't do much. And I'm serious about what I'm saying. When I have, I'll give. You never have. When everything is okay, I'll give. Everything will never be okay. Because every, anyone who gives when all is not well will give when all is well. I have so many needs, but if I tell you how much I release, you will tell me that I'm not being wise. But I've understood the principle. I'm not saying mismanage money that is given to you. That's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that operate by heavenly wisdom regarding situations in your life. So we said the, the first source of wisdom comes from where? The scriptures. So anytime you are going to the word of God, you are tapping what? heavenly wisdom. Number two, the second source of heavenly wisdom is the spirit of God. <laughs> this is good. I've been telling people something. The general will of God for your life is in the Bible. The specific will of God for your life is in the spirit. 
who you are going to marry is not in James chapter 5. His name is not there. The kind of job you are going to do is not in Colossians chapter 3. Are you following me? So, the general will of God is found in the scriptures. When you read the Bible, you find the general will of God for everybody. But if you want specifics, a customized wisdom regarding a decision you must take in life is in the Holy Ghost. You see, that's what many Christians have not understood. I've been delivered several times from the devil's wicked plans against my life because I received heavenly wisdom. I've been helped several times in my life because I received heavenly wisdom from the Spirit of God. I was praying, I remember, I was saying, Lord, we want money for this building project because we don't have money. I was praying, 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 Lord, help us, help us, give us money for this building project. And God said, the two books that you started writing your 40 days two years ago, go and launch it. I'll give you money. That's what? It, it, it was a wisdom that came from heaven. Listen, I've done four book launches. Most of them didn't go well. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This one, I heard him direct. He said the two books you have left, go and launch them. I'll give you money. We didn't do plenty of advertisement. But guess what? The proceeds that came from this book launch, we have been able to purchase all the iron rods for our flow. <laughs> Heavenly wisdom. Heavenly wisdom. Please, are you following what I'm saying? There was one time, I woke up at dawn, 4 a.m. to go and wee wee. But I, I sat on the pot. I don't know why I sat. So I rested a bit on the pot. So I was dozing off. The moment I dozed off, I had a vision. And I saw about four people who were standing at the gate of the land. And they poured something on the land. Then my eye opened. I said, what is this? God said, move to the land right now. Something has gone on. So I called Charles. I said, enter the car. Let's move. We got to the site around 5 a.m. Nobody is sitting here. I said, I knocked. He came to open the door. He was even shocked to see me because what am I doing at 5 a.m.? And we started praying. We anointed the gate. We anointed everywhere and prayed over the place. When we finished, Norman told me that around 1 a.m., a group of people came that they were coming to pray. They are from the church. And he asked them that, what is the pastor's name? They couldn't answer. <laughs> <laughs> that one is spiritual wisdom <laughs> and he said that I opened the door and they were there and later they left so what happened was that they were at the gate and they did a spiritual ritual on the land and by divine wisdom I picked it and I came there at a point, he was telling me that only our land, at dawn, he wake up and then earthquake comes only on, on our land. The place, boom. he wake up and go and ask people that, ah, did we hear the earthquake? He said, there's no earthquake. We have a street light on the land. He said, sometimes you wake up at dawn and the whole place is dark. 
dark that he, he himself is surprised about the darkness the moment I anointed the place everything stopped we call it divine wisdom please are you following this thing so this one it comes from the Holy Spirit I love driving speed I love speed So one time I had a dream and I woke up. I, in the dream, I was driving and my tie got burst and I had an accident in the dream. So that day I knew what was going to happen in the day. So I, I drove slow. <laughs> Surprisingly, that day my tie got spot. If I was driving fast, I would have wounded myself. <laughs> So divine wisdom will tell you the kind of friends to choose. That one you'll find it in Bible, you'll find it in the Holy Ghost. When, when you fellowship the Holy Ghost, He gives you a certain wisdom that descends from above. Do you know the Holy Ghost can give you a poor in examination? Me, let me tell you the truth. I was not a serious student. I was a student that would wear tie and I come, I sit at the back of the, of the class. I, I, I'm either the last or the last but one. And when I came to class, I came with Bible. I'm telling you how spiritual I was. I walk with a small Bible. I come to class. So everybody saw me to be strange. Maybe you, you should go and find out my history in UPSC. I set a record of Hawaii. I wrote, see, when I was zero, I wrote Bible quotations and prophecies in my examination sheet. I was zealous. Those times I was fasting. So every time I was seeing visions, visions every time. When a lecturer is teaching on the board, I'm seeing a vision on the board because my spiritual life was heightened too much so I became zealous because I thought see a time came I saw uh, the, the last days I saw a wind blowing and Jesus was coming so I thought Jesus was coming so I started writing prophecies about the last days and I was mentioning names of some lecturers and I was prophesying to them in the, in the paper in all the seven subjects that's how they sacked me from the school before I came back again I didn't understand how to manage the gift then but when I came back to come and restart again I study three days before examination please if you don't have the kind of understanding don't try it don't try this at home I study three days before the time because those time on campus I was still doing programs I started ministry long ago by the grace of God I was doing programs doing four days program for churches when I was a student on campus praise God so by the time I just get limited time to study for myself so when I come is either the Holy Ghost must show me where or I fail <laughs> you don't understand this thing so when I come, I just pray in tongues and then I start learning. I start learning Pasco. I start learning all kinds of things. Before I go, everything is there. I go and solve it and I come out. And if I realize I can't, I speak in tongues in the paper and then I present it and I, I stand up early. So everybody feels that the guy is intelligent. Bro, 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 you don't understand. The guy is so intelligent. Oh, who better? And that's how God showed me mercy. My, my lowest was C. Is it C plus or C minus? I've forgotten. 
That's my lowest. Meanwhile, I didn't study you. I'm telling you the truth. I didn't study you. Up to now, I've not taken my certificate because I have no plans. So, my ministry was in my blood. It was in my blood. I get what I'm saying. If I didn't do ministry, I didn't know what I would have done. So, the school that I finished, I, I knew that I can't do anything with it. That's why you're sitting here listening to me. <laughs> Please, are you following what I'm saying? So, it's a serious matter. So, divine wisdom, that one comes from the Holy Ghost. You see, some of you really, you see, do you know that it was divine wisdom that brought revelation to Joseph about Jesus? Do you know Jesus is our savior? But if Joseph did not run to Egypt with Jesus, do you know that they would have killed our savior before his time? He wouldn't have died in the cross. He would have died in the manger. <laughs> so sometimes God can give you divine direction through dream. Intuition. You can go to a place. Something tells you to leave the place. You can go to a place you are uncomfortable. You see, most of you, you don't listen to your guts. Listen, even whether you are born again or not, eh, there are some intuitions within you that makes you know things. Have you realized that you can enter a place when three people are there who are quarreling? They have not said a word, but you know that there's confusion somewhere. It's an, you know something I can think of somebody and the person will call you. There is a certain intuition, there's a certain connection. If your connection to God is stronger, those things are, are tapable easily. Sometimes somebody will be talking, you know the person's thought. You don't know how you know, but you know. But most of you are not. You're, you're, God has been speaking to you several times on things, but you don't realize it. Even in the prophetic, there are times, those times when I was doing more prophetic. I do more prophetic when I go to other churches, but not here, because I can't build a church on the prophetic ministry. I, I want to prophesy. Then someone's thought, my cousin's thought will come into my mind. My cousin's name is Wisdom. I didn't think of him just like I came. That means that there's somebody in the service whose name is called Wisdom. Those things have been happening to you, but you take it for granted. Let me tell you something. If you want to be connected with spiritual realities, I'll give you a few examples. Lie down quietly and close your eyes within five minutes. Almost every thought, the moment you start con connecting spiritually, almost every thought that is beginning to come within that consciousness and silence is prophetic. Sometimes you can see a small river and you may think that it's your mind. It's not your mind. I'm telling you, so all these things are things many Christians have taken for granted. Meanwhile, there are things God wanted us to flow in. He wants us to flow in. Tell somebody he wants us to flow in. So, the second source of divine wisdom is what? What? Number three. Then we close. The counsel of wise men. When I say wise men, gray-headed men. Wise men, by that I mean men who have walked with God. Anointed tapes, teachings, and videos. God can give you wisdom through a teaching from Bishop David Oedipo. God can give you heavenly wisdom by listening to Apostle Michael Rupo. 
or Apostle Arome or Apostle Joshua Selman or Pastor Biome or Pastor Chris that is like I'm listening listen don't end the week without listening to teachings I'm not the pastor that said don't listen to anybody don't listen to anybody listen if you don't quote anybody nobody will quote you if you don't listen to anybody nobody will listen to you feel free but be very careful what you eat you can listen to other teachers that can help edify you but be careful what you hear you know the framework and the pattern of how we teach here so when you find something that is strange stay away but you can tap into wisdom from Bishop Oedipo and other great people that God is using you know so some, some pastors have become like no, you don't listen to any man of God apart from me it's witchcraft because the Bible you are learning Peter wrote some, Paul wrote some Jude wrote some Jeremiah wrote some you have been reading from all of them. You said they should listen to only you. Moses wrote some. So you learn from Moses. You learn from Joshua. You learn from Nehemiah. You learn from Habakkuk. You learn from uh, Zephaniah. You learn from Zachariah. You learn from Paul. You even learn from Jesus. And you say, listen to me. Only me. Are you not wicked? So we listen to other men of God to be established from the Bible. Likewise, you are not limited from listening to other people. But what I said is what? Be what? Careful who you listen. Because there are some dangerous people out there who are teaching all kinds of things. Palm reading and all kinds of extremes in the message of grace and all kinds of things. But hear me. You can get heavenly wisdom from wise men a lot of my life changes came from great men of God who shaped my thinking Ian Bounds Leonard Raffinghill Chadwick John Wesley their life brought conviction to me you can tap heavenly wisdom from them now as we close in conclusion how many sources of wisdom do we have of heavenly wisdom what's number one the scriptures, number two. The spirit of God, number three. Counsel of who? Wise men. God bless you. Rise up on your feet and let's pray. Who is leading prayer now? Lift your voice, begin to speak in the Holy Ghost. Let the word of God settle in your spirit. You want to pray. Badala kofratis testashtai.